Happy Easter. Can't say we've ever done an online Easter service before, so this is different. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that you all look great in your Easter pajamas or whatever you have on right now. You know, these are interesting times. You know, because we can't celebrate together as a body in person, there's this temptation to feel down about that or to feel like God is not going to be able to do what he normally does on Easter weekend. But I just don't want you to despair about that. You can't stop God's work. He's always working. Even when you don't see it, he's working. And today, I want to show you that from a certain part of the Easter story. I want to show you that there is no situation that can stop Jesus' word from going out. Uh, we're going to look at a story that's found actually only in the Gospel of Matthew in the Bible, but I think it's one that is especially relevant this Easter in a, in a world where it looks like the ability for Jesus' message to get out has been limited by a virus. And so here's the deal. Jesus uh, was crucified and buried on a Friday. And today we're going to study and look at what happened on Saturday. So the day in between Good Friday when Jesus was killed and Easter Sunday when he rose from the dead. I just gave it away. Sorry. Yes, uh, spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, Matthew chapter 27 is where we're going to be today. And we're going to start right at verse 62. Here's what it says. It says, the next day, the one after preparation day, uh, preparation day is the day before the Sabbath, the day they get ready. So preparation day is Friday, so he's saying the day after is Saturday. This all takes place on a Saturday. The chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate, who's the Roman governor. Sir, they said, we remember that while he, Jesus, was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he's been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Okay, so these religious leaders, the ones that had gotten Jesus killed, they, they come to Pilate. And we see that they're still worried about Jesus, even though he's dead. <laughs> this is just fascinating to me, right? Most of Jesus' own disciples are cowering in fear at this point on Saturday. They've fled. I mean, they're, they're long gone. But these religious leaders, I mean, the Pharisees of all people, they remember. They're the ones that remember that Jesus said that in three days he was going to rise from the dead. And they want to make sure that that doesn't happen or at minimum that no one tries to pretend like it happened. And so they're going to try and stop Jesus' message for once and for all. And so they go to Pilate, who's the Roman governor. He's the one in authority here. And they want to make sure that this tomb where Jesus is buried is as secure as possible so Jesus can be kept inside. And so one of the first things that would have happened is a massive stone, uh, much like the one you see here, has already been rolled in front of the tomb. That would have happened on Friday when they buried Jesus. And these stones were rolled in on an inclined channel. And so it was actually impossible for you to push it or roll it away from the inside. Like impossible. No one could have gotten out. You know, if you had a large grouping of people, you know, some, some weightlifters <laughs> or whatever, some really strong people, maybe, maybe you could roll it away from the outside. But these stones were massive and they were heavy. But the religious leaders, they're not satisfied with just that. They're going to take some extra precautions here. Uh, firstly, Pilate and the leaders decide that they're going to post 
a guard. Now, this is actually guard as in plural. So there's a number of guards here they're going to post. In fact, you'll see in the very next chapter that there's more than one. Uh, a, a typical Roman guard had four soldiers. Uh, two of them would be on watch while the other two would rest. And these soldiers would have been fully equipped. I mean, they've got a, a sword. They've got armor. Uh, they've got a shield. Everything. Like, nobody is going to get into this tomb. And certainly they're going to make sure that no one is getting out. Jesus was going to be kept inside and he was going to be stopped at all cost. But that's not even enough, right? They've got, the, they've got the stone, they've got the Roman guard, but they decide that they're going to take it even a step further and they decide they're going to seal the tomb. Now, when they say seal the tomb, that's not like taking glue and putting it around the stone and sealing it. They actually mean that they want to put a Roman seal on it. That's like a Roman insignia seal. So a picture like a seal like you would seal a letter or something, a seal that would go over kind of the, the width of the stone and then onto the tomb so that if anyone were to roll the stone away, you could see that the seal was broken. Now you might be asking like, well, what would that even do? Like how would that even stop anyone? Well, it worked, it was supposed to work, because of this, right? The guards would have been personally responsible to ensure that the Roman insignia seal was never broken. And if it was broken, they could have been kicked out of the army, or worse yet, they could have been executed. So they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that seal isn't broken. So it looks like these religious leaders that hated Jesus, it looks like they've come up with this perfect plan to keep Jesus locked inside that tomb, to stop Jesus. Even though, remember, he's already dead. I, I just find this incredibly ironic. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one, but I just feel like if you would have been there in that room, and you would have heard that presentation to Pilate from these religious leaders, like, wouldn't you have been thinking, what are you guys even still afraid of? Like, his disciples have already fled in fear. They're not going to grab the body. And I, I, I feel like you would have been thinking, and aren't you guys the ones who said that Jesus was lying and blaspheming when he said he was going to raise himself from the dead or rise from the dead? You don't actually believe him, do you? Or maybe you did believe him. And you were actually just afraid that he would become more powerful than you. And that's why you killed him. I mean, I just think this is all just a crazy story. But as we know, Jesus cannot be stopped. Let's keep reading in the Bible. So now we're, we turn the page into chapter 28 of the book of Matthew. So we'll start right at verse 1. It says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, so this is Sunday, Easter Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is here. He is, he, excuse me, he is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. The stone has been rolled away. An angel has come from heaven. The guards freaked out. They become like dead men, and the, and the angel rolls the stone away. Listen, nobody's plans can stop Jesus Christ. No matter how good they think their plan is, no matter how foolproof they think their plan is, this is the unstoppable Jesus. And the angel, by the way, doesn't move the stone so Jesus can get out. 
It's not like Jesus can't get out unless the angel rolls the stone away. In fact, you're going to see later in the Bible that Jesus' body, because he has this new resurrected body, he can actually walk through walls if he wants to. No, the angel moves the stone so that the rest of the people can see inside. So they can see the evidence that nothing can stop God's word from getting out. A massive stone cannot stop it. A group of guards cannot stop it. A seal cannot stop it. Not even death can stop it. Okay, so let's think about today then. Let's think about the present. What about then Easter Sunday during a viral outbreak? Right, because we see that all the Easter egg hunts have been canceled. Church buildings are vacant. Uh, Even our sort of Easter gatherings that we all do with our extended families, right, they're a no-go. And on the outside, what appears to be happening is it looks like this virus is stopping the message of Jesus. It looks like it's putting it in a tomb and rolling the stone in front. But friends, if you think that, I just want you to know, nothing could be further from the truth. This is the unstoppable Jesus Christ that we're talking about. Just as no stone or no seal or no guard could stop Jesus from getting out of that tomb, nothing can keep the word of Jesus from getting out in this world right now. Nothing. See, just as Jesus did a new thing then, he's doing a new thing now. You've got to know that the power of Jesus is not limited by our circumstances. It's not limited by our presence of being together. It's not limited by us at all. Right, the disciples, it's, it's not like they needed to go to the tomb and engage in mission, break Jesus out from the tomb, right? Jesus doesn't need that. Jesus busted out on his own. One of the things we need to remember from the Bible is that God's power is perfected not in our strength, but in our weaknesses. That's when he shines brightest. So yeah, this isn't, this, this isn't normally how we do things. But in so many ways, I find that God seems to be doing more now than when we had this all figured out two months ago. I continue to hear from many pastors and many churches that they are having more people begin to follow Jesus for the first time in this season than they've had in years. Because people are hungry right now. God is breaking out of the tomb, right? Nothing can stop Jesus. His word is getting out. People are looking for God. People are connecting in our house groups via Zoom. Right? Some are connecting that haven't been connected to a spiritual community ever before. That's amazing. Now, over this past week and now into uh, this next week, uh, we'll have had 75 families in need right here in our community that we've brought groceries to. And not only are we bringing groceries to them, we're bringing them inside the groceries. This is a slip of paper that tells them how to accept Christ, how to follow Jesus, with instructions on how to get connected with us, like this online. And if you've got one of those and you're watching that this today, uh, we're just pumped. We're pumped that you're here watching with us. Now, church leaders from around the world are, are telling uh, their followers and telling other Christians Church leaders from uh, the Philippines to Ghana to Lebanon, they're saying that they are reaching people right now online that they have never been able to reach before. Friends, Jesus is unstoppable. You cannot seal him in a tube, and no virus is going to seal up his word either. His word is always going to go forth. 
And just trust in that. Don't see obstacles right now. See opportunities. Don't, don't just look as if there's some tomb that's just keeping you inside and locking up God's word. No, no, no. I want you to see God rolling stones away, allowing you to speak into new places, allowing you to speak into hearts that are now soft. Even two months ago were hard. I want you to share God's hope in this time, maybe more than you ever have before. Text your friends, text your coworkers that you maybe haven't seen. Text your relatives, reach out to them, uh, FaceTime with people, get on Zoom or Skype or Google Hangouts or whatever you're doing and, and see people, talk to them. And when you do, talk about the Lord. Bring up spiritual conversations, see, see what the Lord will do. I'm seeing people, even in my own life, that are, that are open, that previously haven't been open. And it's because God is rolling the stone away that used to cover their hearts. And he's doing it in a season when none of us expected him to. And that's just an amazing thing about God. And maybe you, maybe you listening right now are one of those people that's tuning into church for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time or in a decade or whatever. If that's you, I, I want you to hear the message of why the angel rolled the stone away that first Easter, mess, that first Easter morning. I want you to hear the message of why Jesus rose from the dead. Like, why did he even do it? What's the point of it? See, Jesus died and then conquered the grave so that you could have a relationship with him, so that you could know him personally. Listen, Jesus is not just some historical figure. He's the son of God. The son of God who died on the cross, rose again, and loves you. And he wants to show you his love. In fact, his love for you was demonstrated for you when he died on the cross. See, the Bible tells us that Jesus died on the cross. Why? He died for our sins. See, we deserve justice for our sins. We deserve to be separated from an almighty, holy, just, and perfect God because we're sinful. There needs to be justice for that. And the Bible says that separation, what we deserve, is actually hell. But God, in his love for you, sent his son Jesus as a sacrifice, meaning he came in your place and took the punishment that you deserve. And you can be forgiven. You can be declared not guilty in God's eyes only if you believe in that. Only if you say, Jesus, I believe that you died in my place. I want to become your follower. And if you do that, God will come into your life. He will make you alive. You can start having this relationship with him where you, where you talk to him. It, this will change your life. And not only will it change your life here on earth, it will change your eternity. Because believing in Jesus Christ, accepting that gift from him, will give you eternal life, not in hell, but eternal life with him in heaven. And it just changes everything. I think there's a really important verse uh, in the scriptures that I want to share with you for this time. It's from Hebrews uh, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, one of the things that Jesus will do for you if you believe in him, it says it will free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. One of the things it'll do for you is you won't have to have this fear of dying anymore because you'll know that even if that would happen, that you get to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. The Bible sums up its very core central teaching in this way. This is John 3, 16. It says, For God so loved the world, that's you, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And if you want to believe that Jesus died for you, you want to become a follower of his, you can do that today. What I want you to do is just simply take a moment right now, right now, and just tell him in your head, just real silently, and say, Jesus, 
I believe that you died for me and I want to follow you. If, if you need to do that and accept his gift of forgiveness and eternal life for the first time today, let me just give you a few seconds to just do that in your head right now. Go ahead and just take a second. If you did that for the first time today, would you let us know? Uh, we want to celebrate with you. Uh, we want to just give you some resources to get started in that. You can let us know in a couple ways. You can just message us on our Facebook page, uh, message us through Facebook. Uh, you can email us at welcome at renovationchurch.org, or uh, you can text the word information to 31996, and we'll get you some resources to help you get started. Uh, let me just pray, and then we'll have a, a few announcements before we end. Uh, Lord, we just thank you so much that you died for us. And not only that, God, but on that first Easter that your son, Jesus Christ, rose from the dead and that we can know him personally. It's in your name we pray. Amen.